What's up, guys? Welcome back officially to the next episode of the Christian Athlete Paradox. We've got a good one for you today. I'm really excited about it. We're here with Lauren Parrish, a swimmer at Kansas. And guys, I'm, I know I say this every time, but I'm super pumped for this podcast. Lauren's an old friend. She's got a lot of wisdom to share, and I couldn't be more excited for it. But before we get started, I just want to kind of confirm what the podcast is doing and, and just tell you a little bit about how it's working so far. Like God is doing some awesome things through this podcast. It's not about the listens, but it's about the people that get to hear the message of the gospel. And I think it's doing just that is it's spreading like wildfire, just like it did, you know, some 2000 years ago when Christ was preaching. So I think that's super cool to just see how, how it's affecting lives around the country. And, and honestly, it's just to be an encouragement to you guys and to tell a little bit about what's going on in our lives and how God is using our circumstances to make his name known. And I think that's just what it's really about. And it's really cool to hear. But guys, so I went to high school with Lauren to Fisher's High School in Indiana. And when college hit, we went our separate ways. I went to Virginia and she went out west to, to Kansas. But I think it's a really cool way to uh, connect with Lauren. So Lauren, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, no, thank you for having me. I got so excited when you messaged me and I, I love absolutely what you're doing with within your athletic platform and especially within social media. It's so awesome to see this kind of stuff in my feed. So I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. So guys, so Lauren is a senior at Kansas. She's involved with Kansas FCA. I um, mean, she's serving her second year as SAC president. For those that you don't, don't know, it's Student Athletic Advisory Committee. Uh, we have one here at Virginia Tech. They have them at most Division I schools. So that's a really big deal. And I think that's super cool to, especially to our topic today of, of leadership and servant leadership. And I think that's a, a cool honor that she holds that can really impart some really cool wisdom for us today. Athletically, she was all Big 12 first team member as a freshman and a sophomore. Her championship season was cut short due to COVID. But like I said, guys, we're talking today specifically about leadership. And I think Lauren has proven that out of the pool and, and in the pool that she's a leader. But I think when I was talking to her about what we wanted to talk about, the idea of leadership looks different for us as believers. And I think that's a really cool topic to dive into today. And so or we were, we were going to talk about this servant leadership and, and the idea that it's different than normal leadership that's often harped upon. And I think you embody that so well, just from anybody who knows you at Fisher's High School, and I'm sure anybody that knows you at Canvas is they would say you're a servant leader, not a leader leader. How do you do that? What's, what does that look like to you? Thank you. I first of all really appreciate that compliment. So pretty much the way that servant leadership looks to me is it's really changed, honestly, throughout all my college career. So I really strive to be the person that like people can feel you're there for them, not here I am. So no matter what, no matter where you are, I'm going to have my phone on me. I have my ringer on in person. I'm going to be there to help answer questions, help anybody out to be the best they can be. And I hope that my presence is honestly more encouraged than impressive to people. I kind of want, again, to help people be the best version of themselves rather than to people envy who I am, if that makes sense. Because that's as much as I love that, I want to speak for the kingdom of God. And if someone can look to me and be like, oh, that right there is a believer who is really speaking the gospel. And if that's how a believer acts, that's how I want to act. And that's kind of how I want to present myself. That makes I think that's really a really cool topic to, to point into of, I want to be there not to be impressive, but to be there to make myself known as a woman of Christ. And I think the way I look at it too, I think that's interesting. You mentioned having your ringer on it. I do the same thing just so when people can can know that you're always there and always dependable. 
Yeah. My goal, honestly, like every day is one to make at least one person's day every day. I think that's huge for someone to leave an encounter with me and just say like, wow, that right there is an incredible woman in Christ. And I am known as a swimmer. That's kind of my thing. I've been doing it longer than I can ever imagine spent. I'm on my 16th year now, but I'm not just a swimmer. I'm not just a student. I'm not just whatever else I do. If someone can see through my actions that I'm working to glorify our father in heaven. And that right there is probably the best compliment I could ever receive. And that is what I really am striving to do with my platform within athletics. You know, it's funny. I think that's awesome. And I think one of the things you mentioned that I wanted to comment on is that when someone looks at you, they, they say, wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a believer. That's a woman of Christ. But I think even beyond that is what if they don't know? What if that never comes up in your, in your, your conversation? And so they say, there's something different about her. What is it? And then the common denominator becomes Jesus Christ. And I think that's such a cool way to represent Christ beyond the name of Christ. And so one of my favorite quotes is preach the gospel always. And if necessary, use words. Amen. Um, and, and so the name doesn't have to be spoken. The name of Jesus is spoken through our actions. And I think it's obviously important to say the name of Jesus, but that's not, it doesn't have to be said. Like the, you show the common denominator. Well, what's so cool about it is even if you don't mention it, that that almost intrigues someone to want to get to know a little bit more about you. That all of a sudden leads to a conversation about, yeah, I'm super into my faith. Would you like to come to church with me one Sunday? Do you want to join FCA? I have a Bible study over here. You're more than welcome to join. Like little things like that, I think are so huge when spreading the gospel and expanding the kingdom of Christ. And I think now more than ever, Again, a great example is this podcast, how sermons are online now. It's becoming so much easier now to spread the gospel in a sense. It's just in a different way than it has been in the past. And it's so cool and definitely something that I can probably say, like I've been able to witness like a lot of people do over the past couple years and like relationships with them, which is so exciting. And it's, it's so awesome to watch people's like lives change like that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think you, you even mentioned it there a little bit of that leadership and servant leadership kind of evolve into relational in relationships. And so to speak the name of Christ and to lead people to Christ and to be a leader on and off the field, you first have to have a relationship with them. Cause my guess is no one's going to listen to you unless they know that you're there for them. Absolutely. And I think that that kind of goes back just like the perspective, almost like in your identity and like making sure if you can make someone their most comfortable, then they're going to be willing to share their most comfortable side with you and get into that vulnerability state and know that honestly, whatever your beliefs are, like they can comfortably speak them. And then that's when you get in the stage where they can ask questions about the gospel and you can, you can, you can preach to them more in a sense, and then make them comfortable with the idea of Christ and then slowly move further into it. So you mentioned kind of building relationships with people and then bringing up the gospel through them, whether inviting them to FCA, whether inviting them to church, you know, how does that, how has that evolved for you over the years and understanding that I want to be bold about my faith, but necessarily not necessarily shove it in people's faces. So what is that? What does that look like to you? And like, was that ever difficult for you? And how did you transition that? I would say, honestly, my biggest jump with that was in the last year and a half, maybe growing up. I've always been a believer, went to Sunday school when I was little. And then once I kind of hit like junior high and high school, you know, Sundays kind of picked up in my house. I have a younger sister who's a basketball player. And so we just kind of stopped like attending church regularly, always came to FCA in high school, but it was kind of cool when I got to college, I got to kind of make that decision for myself and what I wanted to do. And I was one of those people that was kind of almost discipled into the church in a sense. So my first semester of college, 
I had lost, uh, my grandpa had passed away. I had moved eight hours from home. A long-term relationship had ended with me and I was kind of just confused where I wanted to take my life. And my best friend was just like, why don't you come to church with me? I was like, okay. Like, I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I, it was one of those things where I was like, can't hurt. Like, let's try it. And I automatically fell in love with it. And the first year, I mean, regularly attended every Sunday. It was something that I, I kind of held myself to a high standard. It was my nice kind of escape from things. Again, up until this point, I had like identified myself as just an athlete, not really much more than that. And so once after about a year of going to church regularly, then I started to get plugged in within leadership in the church. And so I work with all of the little babies in the nursery and I also do college ministry and stuff. And that was kind of where I got to see greater leadership within our church and kind of learn how to ask those questions of inviting people and share and confidently sharing your faith. And so it's been kind of cool. A thing our team always does before every meet is we have a prayer circle together. So you're welcome to come. You don't, you don't have to, we just do five minute message and pray over the session. So that's kind of a good way to just invite people to something small first. Everyone's invited. So even if they're a believer or not, be like, Hey, like just come join the prayer circle. Like can't hurt. We always send, we always send in our group me, anyone that wants to attend church with us, like you're more than welcome. FCA, our FCA has done a great job really involving a lot of people. And we have a girl on the spirit squad and a football player that are really high running it and they've done a great job. And so they help us encourage people to come. And so it's one of those things where I'm not afraid to, to share the gospel. When people ask, Oh, what are you doing? your free, what did you do tonight? I'm not afraid to, Oh, I went home and read my Bible for a while or I went home and I like watched a sermon today and it it put some really good perspective in my life. Could I send it to you? Like, would you like to see it? Like little conversations like that, I think almost make people step back and they're like, so you didn't watch Netflix all day? You you spent an hour of your time? Maybe I could try that. And it's like little things, like little just seeds that are planted, I think along the way that like Christ puts on your heart. And once you see that like transformation in yourself, I think it's so much easier to, to like develop that within someone else or to like share that because you know, like those, those little seeds that were planted for you along the way, like you can do that for someone else and it's super cool. And so any type of faith question, I happily answer. I try not to be like in people's faces about it just because that can, it can be overwhelming for if you're not a believer, just Mm -hmm. If you don't know anything about something, if someone just starts rambling to you, you're going to be like, what the heck? But if you can even just, I think the best advice that I have ever gotten is if you can just ask someone, can I pray for you? No, no, no one's going to say no to a prayer. Just be like, I feel I'm, I know that you're having a rough day. Can I just, can I pray for you? And I think that that honestly moves mountains. And I think the power of prayer is so, so under undervalued. um, an undervalued. That is the word I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's so, it's so undervalued in my opinion. It's like the easiest thing we can do in the church yet. The most undervalued thing. I don't know. But, just- but that's so true too, because, okay. So prayer is the opportunity for you to talk to God and for you to intercede to God. And so the Holy spirit is working in you while you're presenting your request to God. And I think that's so cool too, because when you pray for someone, what if the Holy spirit puts something on your heart that then that's what the other person needed to hear that you had no clue about by prayer. You're not only presenting your request to God, which he already knows. He just wants to hear for you from you. And then the Holy spirit can put stuff on your heart that says that really can work through the other person too, to see, wow. Like, how did they know that? How did they know that's what I needed to hear? I mean, like there is genuinely, it like makes me want to cry. And I've when it's one of those things, 
someone's having a rough week, you ask if you can pray for them. They come to a service with you and all of a sudden the pastor is giving the sermon. You, f- you feel the presence of God speaking through him to the person you brought. And it's and just not like, tell you how many times that's it, happened. And it, it, it makes me cry every time. Like yeah. It's just, it's the cool, it's the coolest thing and something that you want all of these people, even the people that aren't believers in your life to experience and you, you want that for them. And so mm-hmm. I think that's why it's so exciting. It's almost just like, once you get a little bit of it, you like, can't stop. You're just, you're like high on the Holy spirit. You're like, let's go. Like, yes. it's so fun. That's awesome. That's okay. That's so cool. And like, I know we're trying to talk about servant leadership, but I, hearing your story, I have to ask mm-hmm. when you got to college, you said you really owned your faith. And mm-hmm. so I think that's really true for a lot of people that when they get to college, their faith is put to the test and it's like, okay, it's either mine or it's not. And you said that like you swam all through high school, that kind of was your thing. And it's still your thing, obviously, but now you're a Christian. How has being a Christian affected what you do in the pool? It has changed every ounce of how I am an athlete. And that's, and that's awesome. I think maybe from a perspective too of how has being a Christian changed your mental side, your physical side, everything, because it's so often viewed as either weakness or a crutch, or you're depending on something other than yourself. Like, like how has that changed for you? I think it's changed in the sense that one, my confidence growing up, I was never the most confident athlete. If I'm being completely honest, I was very confident in the practice pool, but I, along with like a lot of, a lot of other athletes, I suffer with like a lot of anxiety. And so kind of almost stepping up on the blocks now in college, I've embraced that my, my story has already been written. I can do what I can. And no matter what happens after I touch the wall and I see the time on the place on the clock, the Lord still loves me. I gave, I gave everything I could. And it's, it's a sense of almost comfort when you're done, you're going to be exhausted. It hurts. I tried as hard as I could, but the best races and the worst races, glory to God. Like that was, that was what I was supposed to do at that point in time. And I think I value every opportunity more too, rather than that was a terrible race. I'm not going to think about it again. Like, how did I handle myself? How I, I think I handle myself a lot better too. Okay. Okay. Like that kind of thing. Definitely not as a weakness. It's more something that I'm just like proud about. And it's as a leader, it has really helped me because in the sport of swimming, it's very interesting. Again, you're, you're competing with the team next to you, but a lot of it is your individual time that's on the clock that kind of determines a lot. And you're in a sport where you're inside your head all the time because Mm -hmm you're alone with your thoughts. And it's been the best way for me to help girls after races is to sit down with them after they had a bad swim and just remind them like, whether you're a believer or not, everything happens for a reason. It's going to be okay. You're not just a swimmer. You're so much more than that. And I think as an athlete, we can kind of get lost in our identity and the sport rather than I'm so proud of my identity in Christ that I know that at the end of the day, good swim, bad swim, great practice, horrible practice. Everything's going to be okay. It's already been written. Just, yes. just lay it down. Like if, if you lay it down and give it to him, like not saying that there aren't going to be bad days. Cause then you couldn't celebrate the good days, but it's going to be all right guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. And the reality of it is too, someone's always watching exactly. always. And especially as of your position as a leader in the pool, out of the pool, someone is always watching. And so for at least for me, one of the things that I kind of allowed myself was, okay, I can have 10 minutes 
after a bad outing, I get 10 minutes to be upset. Mm -hmm. God, God's given me a love for this sport and he's given me a passion and the work ethic. And I put time and effort into this sport. And so when it doesn't go my way, I think it's okay to feel frustrated and, and you're allowed to feel those feelings. Yeah. But at the end of the day too, someone's always watching. And so if that I've seen, I've seen outings affect guys for three, four, five, six days until they get to throw again. And then it's just not worth it. it. That wrecks your whole week. And that's just not worth it. God says you're so much more than that. And so for me, it's 10 minutes. And then, all right, I get to cheer on my, I get to cheer on my teammates. I get to cheer on my team. I get to take a next step and say, okay, God, thank you for that outing. I got an opportunity that I may not have otherwise had. Someone may not have had that opportunity. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. And I think honestly, in my career, I think the best way that this was tested for me was, so we, we ended up having big 12s um, this past spring and I had pneumonia for two months and went to big 12s and the meet was not as planned, but I can genuinely say I've never, I've never had to take that stance of like actually owning up to it. And I think it was my, like my faith throughout it all. Like man, I had some really bad ones. And there were, I mean, I remember specific races where I was in the middle of the race praying like, God, you've got to get me through this because I cannot do it on my own. But looking back on it, especially after having that meet and then having this whole COVID thing happen and hitting quarantine, I had a lot of time to reflect. And I realized God didn't need me at that meet for my swimming abilities. He needed me there as a leader for my other teammates who were struggling on their own, who didn't have that consistent reminder of to look back at your faith, to know that it's going to be okay. I found that was my role in that meet rather than in the moment where I was like, Oh, I'm here for swimming. And this, this could be terrible. It was the the first time I'd ever been in a meet where I was so calm in myself. And it was, it was really cool. Or it's really cool to look back on it and be like, wow, like God really moved mountains there for me. Cause that's not how I used to react, especially in like high school and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that that's awesome. Well put. You know, the, one of the things I want to kind of transition to a little bit is we, you know, we've seen the way that we feel like God's calls us to be leaders and how we, we're supposed to have relationships with people. But I think the Bible also has a lot to say about servant leadership, maybe not leadership in general, but servant leadership, because I think it's interesting. You, you pulled this fact out and I like went and looked it up and I was so intrigued. It says, I found um, it on Twitter. It was awesome. It says <laughs> being a servant is mentioned over nine ti- 900 times and being a leader, six. Yeah. In the New Testament, four. And so I went and looked up those, those four in the New Testament. I thought it was super, super interesting. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it was, it was cool, actually. So you and I had chatted about having this and or doing this, and I was praying over it. And I mean, I'm not kidding, like, an hour after you and I decided we were doing servant leadership, I'm like scrolling through Twitter and this came up and I was like, Oh yeah, God, we're on the same wavelength here. Like let's roll. With it. <laughs> like- that's okay. That's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> but okay. So the, the thing that I was going to point to specifically is it says the Bible says that for the son of man did not come to the world to be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. And so if we're called to be like Christ, we're supposed to exemplify that we're supposed to not come to be served as, as upperclassmen, as leaders. It's not, it's not, what can the freshmen do for me? It's okay. How can I serve them? How can I reflect Christ to them? But one of the things I thought was super interesting when I looked up the four times that leader is used in the new Testament, three of the examples are of God warning his disciples of that particular phrase. 
Hmm. The fourth time is used in Hebrews, which is the one anomaly. And it says in Hebrews, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over you. And if you actually translate it to the original Greek language, it's not elevating the leaders, but rather the connotation is focusing on the following a warning against pride and arrogance saying that if you don't yield to direction because you don't want to accept that other people's ways are right, then you're not putting yourself in the position of the submission to God, essentially. And so I thought that was so interesting that when, if you're going to talk about leadership, it's, it's not in the Bible. We're not to elevate ourselves. No, we're here as servants. Yeah. And I, I think especially in our culture, like there can be such a, there is, there's such a stigma of pride and there's nothing wrong with being called a leader, but as a follower of Christ, you realize there is one true leader and we are here to serve for him and to serve his word. And yeah, it, it, it really does change your perspective on things, but that is, that is super cool. I didn't know that those were the different ways that it was used. That's yeah, awesome. It, it's awesome. I think one of the things you wrote down, so I'm going to, you said it, but I'm going to say it. it, you wrote it, but I'm going to say it is that there's a difference between leadership, between self-righteous leadership and servant mm-hmm. leadership. And that one is elevating myself and one is elevating others putting others before myself as submission to Christ. And I think that's super cool. So before we close, this has been awesome. Like your wisdom is awesome. And I think it's so cool to see your fire for the Lord. But one of the questions we always ask people is if whoever's listening, if you could tell them one thing, what would you tell them? And essentially it's a way for you to speak whatever's been on your heart. And so I think I want to pose that question to you is whoever's listening, if whether it be a teammate, someone who doesn't know the Lord, you know, what would you tell them? Yeah. So after I was really prepared for this, because after listening to your other podcasts, I was like, this is something I really got to think about and pray over. And God really put on my heart to continuously just strive for community. I think that's something that can be very almost cliche and undervalued, but is so, so important because you can follow God for yourself, but you cannot follow him by yourself. I mean, that was from our pastor like two weeks ago. No, athletics has just given me so much in my life. Like all of my role models, like every life lesson, honestly. And it's nothing I will ever take for granted. But when I got to college and especially this last year and a half, when I really started committing to being a servant in the church and outside of the church, I've developed really great friendships. And there's nothing like honestly having community within Christ. To know when you're having a bad day, you don't have to go through it alone. To know when you're like lost in a wilderness, you have consistently people praying over your life and that you can do the same for them. And when your thoughts are crowded and someone just gives you the slight nudge to pivot your thoughts back to God, like he can move mountains, he can change things. And we, we aren't perfect. We're human. And we need those people to continuously support us and to be there for us, to allow us to remember that when we are, when we do grow weary, when we're unable to see, when we lose that clarity of the path that God has for us to have those people holding us accountable in our community to shift our way back to the path that the Lord has already written for us. And I think, again, it's something that's so undervalued, but so, so impactful. And sport is such a great way to do that and to get involved in that. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a church group. It can be within your team. Again, like I said, the power of prayer, just ask someone if I can pray for you let someone know that you're there for them. It doesn't have to be a spreading of the gospel at that time, but to know that God is working through you to put his hand 
on their heart and to let them know it's going to be okay is something so, so important. And I think that community could not be, could not be more undervalued than it probably is because the Bible talks about it a lot, <laughs> a lot. And I think we take it for granted almost. Yeah, no doubt. I think you're so right with, you know, the community too, the community aspect of it's not necessarily always inside the church. It's in whatever season of life you're in, whether it be sports, you know, school, it doesn't matter. It says the Bible says that where two or more are gathered, Christ is with them. The spirit is there. And so I think that's, that's just indicative of exactly what you're saying. Uh, Another thing that I think is so important about community that I think you mentioned is that you have the potential to not only be built up by others, but to build each other up. And that even goes into the servant leadership a little bit of that Mm -hmm. when you're struggling, sometimes the best thing you can do is look outside of yourself and say, okay, how can I help others? Because it draws you closer to Christ because that's what Christ does. Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the things that I was looking at before this was looking at like the best leaders in the Bible. And one that just really stuck out to me on my heart was Paul. And in Romans, he writes about that. This just really applied to sports for me so well. He writes how like we have, we have many members, we belong to one body. So then he continues to note how we have gifts that differ and then list them. So like prophecy, ministry, teaching, generosity, compassion, leadership. And what you notice is like all these gifts are so different. And that's what's so cool about the community is you have so many different gifts among so many people and they're so applicable in the church, but so applicable outside of the church. And I think a great example is prophecy. Like there's so many definitions, but the two I found were one to proclaim, to proclaim a divinely imparted message and to bring light on something that's hidden. And I think that in sport, we can be that light. We can be that light for when someone has a bad inning, when they have a bad game, when they have a bad meet to be that light, to be like, it's going to be okay. Like whether you're a believer or not, I'm praying for you. It's going to be okay. And I'm someone that you can look to under Christ. And that's what we have to do as servant leaders. And that is what can bring people to Christ is if they know that we're there for them, that there is a father in heaven that is also there for them. Amen. Amen. That's, uh, that's so true. I think, you know, God created sports. So why should the gifts that we have not be used in them? And why can they not be applicable outside of them? Everything was created by God for God. And that's, and we're just a part of that. Amen. That's, that's awesome. I think some good conversation today. I, I, I think this topic is super interesting because I think in our conversation, it's been indicative of the fact that like, we're talking about servant leadership, but then we go down this hole and then down this hole and then down this trail. And it all shows just how perfectly and intertwined God created us to be in that leadership leads to relationships. Relationships lead to, you know, evangelism. And there's so much involved in there's just, it, it just all connects. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It, it does. It all connects. And then it, it kind of, it eases the heart in a sense. Like, again, having like talks like this, I had even like last week was almost like just a wild week in my life. And I sat down and started preparing for this. And God just comes in at times when you don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. I think it's things like that. If we can be that light, if we can be that little extra, little extra something for other people, like we're spreading the kingdom and we don't even realize it at times. And that's, that's when things start to get really, really special and God really starts to move. No doubt. No doubt. Well, guys, (laughs) We're going we're gonna to close the episode there because I feel like it's a great place to stop. But guys, give, give Lauren a follow. Like give, give her a shout out, you know? You know? And we want to hear from you. If you have something to say and an idea for the next podcast or cr- criticism or comments, like let us know. I think 
that's, you know, that's what we're here for is to be an encouragement and to not do this walk alone. Like that's why we're having these conversations is because like you said at the end there is that it's about community. And if, if you're doing this alone, we're not going to be able to pursue the relationship with Christ that we need to. And so I would just say, Lauren, you were spot on. That was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Anybody, Christ follower or not, please feel free to reach out for, out to me. I'm, I'm quite the chatter. So happy to talk about anything, anything sports and Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Go Hokies, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go.